The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set Give yourself a hand or take two They're small, tiny in fact Teeny tiny and they're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code CESCA, SESCA, at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. God damn it! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. The Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. What you're saying is that you want us to put water on the crops? Yes. Water. Like out the toilet? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be out of the toilet, but but yeah, that's the idea. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Okay, look. The plants aren't growing, so I'm pretty sure that the Brondo's not working. Now, I'm no botanist, but I do know that if you put water on plants, they grow. Well, I've never seen no plants grow out of no toilet. Hey, that's good. You sure you ain't the smartest guy in the world? Yeah. <laughs> okay, look, you, you want to solve this problem. I want to get my pardon, so why don't we just try it, okay? And not worry about what plants crave. Brondo's got what plants crave. Yeah, it's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they use to make Brondo. Yeah, but why do they use them to make Brondo? Because Brondo's got electrolytes. Bob Seska! I don't know what we're yelling about! The Bob Seska Show, Memorial Day weekend. Hello, Bob. Hello. Here's how I know I need a vacation. This is the uh, this is the canary in the coal mine. Bob, take a vacation on Tuesday's show, <laughs> and I say with great embarrassment on Tuesday's show, right at the beginning of the show with uh, the professional left podcast, uh, Drift Glass and Blue Gal on the show on Tuesday. I said that it was. Monday. God damn it! I don't know why. Maybe it's because I need a goddamn vacation. I think that's it. I said it was Monday. I said, in fact, I went through a whole big bit. I said it was Megalomaniac <laughs> Monday. And I said it's Monday. And then tomorrow is Tyranny Tuesday. And I'm going off about today is Monday and tomorrow is Tuesday. And it was. God damn it! It was, in fact, Tuesday. Jackie Schechner, I, I desperately need a break. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my break this weekend. I swear to God, one week off. I'm going to take a week off and refuel because, well, I'm losing track of the days of the week. 
we all need a week off at this point. <laughs> I like that you played a clip from the great uh, documentary Idiocracy. Idiocracy, yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure you're, you've been experiencing, uh, uh, as, uh, as you've been reporting on the CBO report from yesterday, I'm sure you've been experiencing idiocracy moments yourself on Twitter, trying to explain the CBO report to complete morons on the right, uh, Trumpers who have no idea how healthcare works, how any of this works. But I'm so glad that you're on the show today, Jack. Because Thank you. I, I'm actually getting some really interesting uh, pleas for help. People who have right-wing family members or Fox News watchers oh, yeah. who need help explaining what this is all about to their brainwashed friends and family. Yeah, and that's that's the key. That's the, the key for the Republicans is that their people just... A lot of their people just don't understand, and it, and that's okay in many cases if they're open-minded and willing to understand, but so many of them don't want to understand. So you get people like Lindsey Graham and, uh, and, and Speaker Ryan coming out and saying like flagrantly false things, misrepresentations of what Obamacare is, what Trump care is, and so on down, down the line, certainly what the CBO report was all about. Well, my favorite one is the CBO report said that there were going to be 23 million more uninsured people by the year 2026 yeah and somebody reached out to me on twitter and said they had a right-wing friend who said well that number is going to be all the young people who don't buy health insurance because the mandate goes away <laughs> right because mm-hmm. that's how it works yes exactly that's how it works really <laughs> smart yeah yeah there's there's so many and, and the, the, oh god there's so many things to get into so many misrepresentations of yeah. uh, what the cbo report was mainly from <laughs> speaker paul ryan Oof. Who was? They were basically framing this uh, the CBO report as a you know, just saying it's a vast improvement on uh, <laughs> we're doing so much better than before because only twenty three million people lose insurance as opposed to twenty five or whatever it was twenty four yeah twenty four a and cool then, million in there yeah and then the White House had what did the White House have on the previous CBO report on the first version of Trump Care was something like 26, 26 million people losing health care that was the it's White getting, House assessment getting better <laughs> I know. That, again, it was the Trump White House said 26 million people would because lose their Because they don't team. understand how health care works. Just stupid. And they, well, they, and they don't want their people to understand. Because as soon as their people understand what, how health care works, how uh, the Affordable Care Act functions, and, and, and all the damage that Trump care will do, then suddenly people are educated and they're making correct choice, <laughs> choices on these matters rather than making stupid choices like electing Donald Trump. Correct. So, all right. So, uh, let's. We're gonna get. We're gonna come back to healthcare. I'm gonna circle back to all of that because we have it's like something. Like a little teaser. It's like an appetizer. Exactly. Exactly. And, and a moose bouche. <laughs> we we do have something that is sort of related. It's uh, by the way, it's Trump Crisis Day 126. And yes, I know what day it is. It is Thuggish Thursday in the White mm. House. Uh, apparently, Thuggish Thursday in Montana too. Yes. It was only a matter of time before this sort of thing started happening. Politicians beating up, Republican politicians specifically, beating up members of the press. And not to jump ahead too far, but I feel like this is going to work for them. That this is going to actually activate more Republican Trumpers who, who love it when... 
when people beat up the press, when Trump beats up the press uh, using his words. And then, of course, now we've got this guy, Greg Gianforte, who's the uh, Republican candidate in the special election, which is taking place today for their for Montana's one congressional district. Um, last night, he and this is huge breaking news. Greg Gianforte beat up Ben Jacobs from The Guardian. And it wasn't just a shoving thing where he kind of shoulder checked him and pushed him aside or something like that. Evidently, and this is according to the Fox News version of what happened. Greg Gianforte grabbed Ben Jacobs from The Guardian by the neck and then threw him down to the ground and started wailing on him while he was on the ground. Here is the actual audio in case you haven't heard it. Sometimes devastating. Sometimes with this audio, and this was the way it was on MSNBC uh, last night, sometimes it really gets into that SNL reporting on buckwheat being shot, that kind mm-hmm. of territory where it's just like every three seconds, uh, once again, buckwheat has been shot. Let's take a look. And then yeah. they replay the video over and over and over and over and over well, again. I didn't see, I didn't see, uh, I think it was on Hayes' show last night. I saw on Twitter somebody reported on it that they read the statement that came out from Gianforte's guy yeah. and then played the audio, then went back to the statement, the audio. That juxtaposition is what's yeah. really shocking. Well, the statement, Gianforte's statement was a complete lie. It was a complete Correct. fabrication, especially based on what we hear in the audio and based on, again, the Fox News version of this, which is, I mean, as far as Republicans go, pretty much incontrovertible. I mean, if they're if they're going to start denying what actually happened and, and taking Gianforte's side, then they're taking sides against the Fox News reporters who were there. And, and to say reporters, plural. Well, it's important to say, I think they were setting up for an interview with Gianforte in yeah. a side room, and uh, there was a producer, reporter, and maybe a tech guy, camera guy. So there were three of them, I think, in the room, from what I understand, yeah. when Jacobs walked in. Right. So that's the setup. So it, it wasn't like they were just onlookers. They were actually in the room setting up for an interview. Uh, and they were there. They were in this room. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. In the midst of it. And then there was another reporter from a major publication, which the name slips my mind right was now. Was it BuzzFeed? Was she a BuzzFeed? Uh, yes, yes, a exactly. woman who was there? Yeah. Yeah, BuzzFeed. Exactly. Thank you. And and the BuzzFeed reporter saw the fracas from outside the room where the yes. door was only p- partly open. and But she saw the the, the fight or whatever it was, the, uh, the, the, the assault that took place. All she was able to see was Ben Jacobs' feet flying yeah. up in the air. <laughs> I read that, yep. As he's being thrown to the ground. And so that I think that was that was kind of enough from that particular report. That was enough to know what exactly was going on. But here, in case you haven't heard it, here's the audio of, of Greg Gianforte, again, the Republican candidate for Congress, for US the United States Congress. In Montana, beating up Ben Jacobs. The CBO score, because you know you were waiting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's asking, Ben Jacobs is asking about, of all things, the CBO score on Trump care. It's not yeah. like he's not asking about abortion or some scandal. An that affair. You, yeah, yeah, it's not. Right. And there, there is there is kind of a, a lot of things going on in that uh, Montana special election, but there is a Trump Russia thing going on with Gianforte, which we'll get to in a second. But here's the, here's this audio. The CBO score, because you know you were waiting to make your decision about health care until you saw the bell and it just came out. And, what yeah, you and we'll talk it. to you about that later. Yeah, but there's not going to be time. I'm just curious if you okay, have to speak right with now. Shane, please. But you don't. Just... I'm sick and tired of you guys. 
the last Jesus, time you came in here, you did the same thing. Get the hell out of here. Jesus. Get the hell out of here. The last guy did the same thing. You were the guardian? Yes, and you just broke my glasses. You, the last guy did the same damn thing. You just body slammed me and broke my glasses. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> You'd like me to get the hell out of here, I'd also like to call the police. Wow. <laughs> Can I get you guys' his names? Hey, you gotta He just body slammed me. You gotta yeah. uh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then uh, what it happened? It sounds like he's a little bit in shock, too. Because from what I understand, he, he did he get medical attention or he? Oh, he yeah, was, yeah. He yeah. had to he had to get his elbow x-rayed. And then he but he but right before the x-ray, he had at least the uh, the frame of mind to call into Chris Hayes's show. On oh, MSNBC. he called in. Yeah, he called in. Oh, and, and, I missed that. And he was really shaken sounding, as you can imagine. He's just been accosted by a uh, re- Republican <laughs> candidate for Congress. And uh, and he, and he's clearly injured. His glasses are broken. And, and anyone in a situation like that, where you don't expect to be, you know, beaten no. up, especially in a in a situation like that, you expect. Well, maybe there's going to be some hard talk going on. Maybe there's going to be, you know, some some shoving and some argle bargle and some, you know, the usual scrum that takes place when you're asking a, a politician some tough questions. But this was <laughs> this was unprecedented. And uh, I mean, I can't remember another instance where. An actual, where a national candidate, where a candidate for Congress or a candidate assaulted for major a national, I don't either, assaulted a reporter like this. I mean, there no. have been lots of cases where there's been, you know, like I said, some shoving going on and things like that. But there's never been punches thrown and necks grabbed and thrown to the ground. And speaking of that, that brings us to the uh, the Fox News version of this uh, this story, and it's it's kind of a firsthand account. It's written by Alicia Acuna from Fox News Channel. She writes, uh, Faith, Keith, and I, these are, I guess, the, her and her crew, arrived mm-hmm. early to set up for the interview in a room adjacent to another room where a volunteer BBQ was to take place. At the time for the interview neared, Gianforte came into the room. We exchanged pleasantries and made small talk about restaurants and Bozeman. During the conversation, another man, who we now know is Ben Jacobs of The Guardian, walked into the room with a voice recorder, put it up to Gianforte's face, and began asking if he had a response to the newly uh, released Congressional Budget Office report on the American Health Care Act. Gianforte told him he would uh, get to him later. Jacobs persisted with his question. Gianforte told him to talk to his press guy, Shane Scanlon. At that point, Gianforte grabbed Jacobs by the neck with both hands and slammed him to the ground behind him. Faith, Keith, and I watched in disbelief as Gianforte then began punching the reporter. As Gianforte moved on top of Jacobs, he began yelling something to the effect of, I'm sick and tired of this, which we heard on the audio. Right. Jacobs scrambled to his knees and said something about his glasses being broken. He asked Faith, Keith, and myself for our names. So we, we heard had, that, too. We hear that on the audio, too. In shock, we did not answer. Jacob then said he wanted the police called and went to leave. Gianforte looked at the three of us and repeatedly apologized. At that point, yeah, a little too little too late. <laughs> At that point, I told him and Scanlon, who was now present, <laughs> good job being yeah. ready for the uh, the the event, uh, that we needed a moment. The men then left. Um, ben Jacobs tweeted, "Greg Gianforte just body slammed me and broke my glasses." And then uh, Acuna's account continued by saying, uh, to be clear, at no point did any of us who witnessed this assault see Jacobs show any form of physical aggression toward Gianforte, who left the area after giving statements to local sheriff deputies. So, and that brings up an interesting point, because 
as you can imagine, Gianforte's description in an official written statement is, uh, is nothing like the Fox News statement. It's sort of extraordinary, too, when you hear, when you read the written statement, yeah. how they concocted what they came up with. Yeah. Right? Like, they, were they, did they forget there was audio? They must have forgotten there were witnesses. They didn't care. The audacity of what they wrote. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just it, Jackie. I mean, it's really. It's kind of symbolic of the approach that the Republicans seem to be taking about everything, which is, who do you believe me or your lying eyes? It's like one right. of those things where they, they say something that is flagrantly not true, but which is accepted as true by their people. This is narrow casting politics. This is, this is again, Gianforte pulling kind of what Trump does, which is communicate. And I'm talking specifically of his statement, his description of what happened. Right. This is Gianforte speaking directly to his followers who will support him no matter what, much like they support Donald Trump. Or in this event, maybe if obviously Gianforte doesn't have the sort of grassroots support as someone like Donald Trump, but it doesn't matter because we're talking about people who, you know, support their team no matter what. Got to support the team. And so that that's what they do. Uh, and And so this message is sent out. For the express purpose of just maintaining all of Gianforte's voters and giving them an excuse to be able to go into the voting booth today with good conscience. That's what I think. I think, And whatever falls out uh, of the, the mix and the investigation after this is irrelevant because at that point Gianforte will have already been elected. Yeah, I mean, the sad part is I think that they have a very strong write-in or uh, mail-in early voting system so yeah. it was something like 35 percent of people had already voted um yep. before this happened so you know the hope is that and they, they also have same day registration from what i understand so the hope is that this will make an impact and people who otherwise may not be mobilized to vote will come out and do so yeah uh but it is important to note that there was a good chunk of voting that's already happened before this took place last night right so it, it, if it does not have an impact the way we might hope it could be because a majority uh, not a majority but a large portion of of ballots had already been cast exactly exactly so i mean it's so uh, what i'm to uh, gather here is your assessment is that it's really not going to hurt gianforte at all do you i think? don't know uh, do you want to read a little bit of, do you have the statement in front of you uh, I, I don't i don't it, I, okay do you have it i don't have it right i don't have it in front of me but essentially what he said is that um that he grabbed Jacob's wrist and yes. Jacob's pulled away and then they fell to the ground. There yes. was no mention of assault or grabbing him by the neck or anything like that. It was it was such a delicate exchange <laughs> yeah. the way it was described. Yeah, and they sort of magically, he claims that they just kind of magically fell to the fell. ground. They both yes. fell to the ground when Jacob's grabbed Gianforte's wrist. That was the Gianforte version of it. Right. right. And, and also, it's such a shame that a liberal reporter would attack him in such a way. I mean, yeah. he intentionally invoked... Liberal. Uh, liberal, the yeah. word liberal, uh, and made it sound like he was somehow the victim in yep. what happened. Um, and it, it does speak to the universe of fake news, alternative facts, and a spokesman more than happy to blatantly lie on behalf of his boss. Exactly, exactly right. And again, it doesn't matter to them because they don't care about picking up uh, uh, center-left people or centrists or anything like Even that. Even moderates at this point. Again, they're just playing, I mean, I, for lack of a better term, they're playing money ball. And that's the, in the Trump era, that's all they need. All they need to do is really appeal to uh, whatever that 40% is, that group of hotheads, and then 
pick up a few extra along the way, and that that's their margin. That's all they need to win. And that's yeah, I mean, the, I have seen some accounts that people are saying, well, he's my kind of guy, or oh, you know, good on him. And, and that's so... If you don't want to be cast... Yeah, if you don't want to be cast as... Um, a Neanderthal or a non-thinking person. Yeah. Uh, don't make comments like that, right? Because that just reinforces the stereotype of the Trump GOP supporter. Mm-hmm. And and when I say damage, when I talk about damage that the Trump era is creating, this is the damage. This is yeah. what this is what some of the damage actually looks like a cor- a further coarsening of the dialogue. People getting beaten, reporters getting beaten up by politicians, yeah. and politicians. I mean he. I think he was charged with misdemeanor assault. Gianforte was, but I mean, we well, there's can... also the nice little twist that the sheriff donated to his campaign. Oh, great, great, that's yeah. perfect. Well, you know, it's uh, it's again one of those things where we don't really know if there are going to be actual repercussions to this. I think what we're doing and, and what we're all observing here firsthand and in glaring detail whether it's with someone like Gianforte or whether it's with Donald Trump, regardless of the reporting and the the things going on around Trump Russia, what we are seeing are people acting with impunity. We are seeing people who are exercising their white male privilege. I hate to go down that road, but that is exactly what we're seeing. Donald Trump continues to get away with horrendous thing after horrendous thing after horrendous thing. He should have been out of the race when he insulted John McCain's service. He should have been Mm -hmm. then out of the race when when he mocked Serge Kovalev. He should have been out of the race when he attacked uh, a Gold Star family, the cons, after the Democratic Mm -hmm. convention. He should have been out of the race after the pussy grabbing thing with Billy Bush and that whole video. But he continues to survive and endure and move forward. And it's all about that money ball strategy. It's all about appealing to that 35 percent and nothing else. And, Mm -hmm. and, And it seems to be working so far. Uh, and I'm sure Gianforte is playing the same game, playing the same strategy. It worked for Trump. Why would he not try? Exactly. Exactly. Now, here's uh, this is one of the best threads on the whole thing. Uh, uh, and it was actually written by a Republican, Rick Wilson. You probably know Rick Wilson from MSNBC. He's all over MSNBC right now. He's an, he's an anti-Trumper, vocal anti-Trumper. And some of his descriptions of Trump are absolutely beautiful. But this is what he wrote. This is what Rick Wilson wrote in reaction to the Gianforte thing. On Twitter, this is, uh, let's see, it'll read all 11 parts here, the 11 tweets. This Gianforte assault story is one of those moments where the cultural collapse of the GOP into the Trump troll party is captured. That's a great way to put it, the Trump mm-hmm. troll party. Second, first, if you're defending someone assaulting a reporter because, duh, liberal media lies, allow me to put the jackboot on the other foot. Uh, number three, how would you feel if the parents of Seth Rich took out a tire iron and beat the living shit? out of Sean Hannity for his repulsive lies. How would you feel if this rule got applied to Trump Bart reporters who are lying tendentious birds of the highest order? <laughs> Is it cool for me to beat that freakish pasty recluse John Nolte's head in because he literally joked about my daughter being raped? Are you so past the rule of law and lack so much confidence in your ideas that this is where you take political satisfaction? Because if this is where you are, you're not a party. You're a mob. If this is where you are, you're not a conservative. You're trash. The vast majority of people beating their chests and macho ball walking on this issue have never been in a fight, never landed.
landed a punch. But I guarantee you some of them, including the clickservatives, will defend this even obliquely. The problem with political violence is twofold. First, it accelerates. Second, the set of acceptable targets widens. And finally, if you're a Republican or conservative defending this, please stop identifying yourself as either. Well done, sir. Rick Wilson. So that's uh, that's really great. Uh, yeah, you know, it isn't it isn't politics. It's decency. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's what this all is. It's not about the the back and forth of the, the debate anymore. This is now an entire party that is all about trolling liberals and and sticking it to liberals. So it's not about policy. And and I've written about this. A lot of people have written about this. This isn't breaking news, but it's worth repeating in this context. That this is about the Republican Party is now geared toward just constantly jabbing the left, jabbing Democrats, jabbing uh, uh, liberals. And and the point isn't let's do this and then pass policy. Well, that Mm -hmm. seems to be a secondary or tertiary kind of part of the equation. But the main goal isn't policy-based. It's not issue-based. It seems like it's all grievance-based. It's anger-based. It's, it's lashing out against the, the oncoming liberalization of the United States, to be perfectly honest with you. But that's what's so extraordinary, is it's not actually necessarily progressive liberal values. Mm-hmm. It's this foxified version of what these... Uh, follower, I don't even know what to call them anymore. These yeah. these, these folks, <laughs> um, folks believe, yeah, believe. Well, because I don't want to be, I don't want to be insulting, right. uh, and then call them out for being insulting. Mm. But um, it's what they've been taught to believe liberals are. Yeah, it's it's what they've been preached to as to what progressives and liberals believe, and and it's a fundamental. A lot of times, it's fundamentally wrong. And and I, and Donald Trump, for a large part of uh, of all of this, has well, I mean, I, I would say Donald Trump is patient zero in all of this. Right. Donald Trump has started this. Um, he's certainly not. I, I would say he's well. The, would you go back to like you know kind of a Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, Michael Savage model of where this started? Right? Yes, like, exactly. But what, even before Trump, yeah, yeah. I mean, Trump was absolutely the culmination of of thirty years, maybe thirty years mm-hmm. of 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 uh, a party that's been slowly moving toward doing nothing but trolling. And but I think it's it's really Trump is the first national politician to weaponize all of that. Sure. I mean, we've been sure. seeing it on Fox News Channel and on AM Talk Radio for many, many years now and and observing where could this possibly go and we've seen ads here and there we've seen lots of uh, candidates taking out their firearms and shooting Obamacare legislation in their commercials or you know talking about uh, with Joni Ernst talking about castrating pigs and it's a lot of rhetorical stuff like well, that. Well, Sarah it, Palin putting crosshairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yep, She put absolutely. crosshairs on images of, of Democratic lawmakers. Exactly right. And so this has been... This has been a long time baking, and now we're finally at a place where we've got a, a president who is talking about uh, 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 attacking the press and saying that the press is the enemy of the people, and then we've got a uh, congressional candidate, for God's sake, actually beating up a member of the press. And it doesn't, you don't put this egg back in the shell. No. It's going to happen again, 
it's going to continue to uh, persevere throughout the Republican Party where there is going to be more and more of this language. It works for Donald Trump. Why doesn't why shouldn't it work for me, too? You know, if I you're hope we hit a breaking point. I mean, I hope there is a, a point where you just can't continue this anymore. But I don't know. And I don't know that we've reached it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to take I don't know what it's I don't know what it'll take to, uh, like I said, to put the egg back in the shell. I have no idea what the. Uh, what the strategy is there, what the step-by-step process is to get uh, to get us to that point where we can say, you know what, this is in the past. Uh, I, I, I just don't, I, I think it's in the <laughs> On future. On that note right? of, of, of despair. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about Father's Day. How about that? <laughs> I want to know if Harry's is good on uh, for women. I mean, yes. I, that's a, a question I have not been able to ask you. But I, you know, they they always joke about razors like shrink it and pink it. You know, it's yeah. but it's the same razor, right? It's I mean, the you, same razor. It's the same razor. Five blade German engineered razor, and you're gonna love it because and, and it's, it's actually something Jackie that I've been talking about since Harry's first signed on with the show, which is that it's not just for guys. Ladies shave too, and you shave your legs. I mean, some ladies shave their legs, some ladies uh, shave your armpits, and so on. Mm-hmm. Harry's is perfect for that, and uh, and in fact, Kimberly Johnson here uses Harry's razors to do uh, her, her bo- various body shaving. I'm sure she's so glad you shared that. I know. I mentioned that. <laughs> I didn't say, well, okay, I probably should stop talking there. Um, but I do want to mention that, you know, it was my dad who taught me how to shave. There were, you know, lots of guys, that their dads teach them how to shave. Problem is, my dad taught me how to shave with those those blue disposable razors. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget my dad saying, here, Bob, here's your your blue disposable razor. And, and unfortunately, well, the skill in using the razor itself was fine, which my dad razor. taught me. Oof. It was the razor itself, right? And uh, but it's you know it's a little things that <laughs> the dads and sons do together, and that's one dads of dads and daughters too. I'll show you a picture. I, I'll I'll share that with our listeners. I have a picture of learning how to shave from my dad. Really, you, your dad taught you how to shave? Not your... intentionally, but I I lathered my face up and I shaved oh, it with I a, I was like, I was a like bladeless da- razor. I'll show you. It's a cute picture. Your yeah. dad showing you how to shave your armpits. I, I thought. No, 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 no. So uh, what a thoughtful little thing we can do for our dads on Father's Day this year. What do you what do you, what do you think, guys? Uh, something personal, practical. Idea, yeah. How about a nice shave set from Harry's? That's the answer for you. It's the quality I've been telling you about all along. The balanced handle, a trio of Harry's five uh, famous five-blade precision cartridges, and their foamy moisturizing shave gel. Starting at just 15 bucks. 10 when you use my discount code. We'll get to that in a second. What? Or check out Harry's limited edition Father's Day set with the stormy gray handle, a chrome razor stand, and foaming shave gel, three replacement blades, and a travel cover in a gift box with free custom engraving and a card if you want a card. What? And, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. But there, wait, there's All more. All of that? There's more? Yeah, yeah. And save $5 off any set if you enter the code BOBC at harrys.com. That's harrys.com. And remember to enter the code BOBC at checkout. It helps the show and helps you figure out Father's Day. That's harrys.com. The checkout code is B-O-B-C. Write that down. And happy, 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 happy Father's Day <laughs> to my dad and to uh, your dad. My uh, dad. Uh, yes. From, from harrys.com. The Bob Seska Show. Memorial Day weekend. Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Oh, I'm so there. Vacation. <laughs> I can't Are you wait. actually going somewhere, or are you staycationing? I, I have no idea what I'm doing other than not 
work. <laughs> that's, you, that's the extent you, of my plan. Are you taking Kimberly's smooth legs on vacation? I uh, Maybe, maybe. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about, I, I, I've been living in California for almost two years now, and I haven't been to Yosemite yet, so I might... I haven't either. I you might do my. Uh, go. I'm quite a uh, National Parks nerd, so I'm going to... Go down you to should Yosemite, do it before maybe. Trump destroys them all. That's right. I just got. I, I got to get down there before the oil derricks uh, are <laughs> established in, in uh, Yosemite. I I, uh, I laugh to keep from crying when it comes mm. to that stuff. I mean, I was, you and me both. Yeah. Well, at least uh, I mean, for now, at least he's just going after national monuments. There's a guy. Uh, God, I forget which state. I only vaguely saw this, and I had no intention of talking about this. But one of the governors who uh, has a national monument in his state that is under review by the Trump administrations has decided to not put up any road signs leading to the monument. Ah, that's genius. Can you believe that? That's a Republican Trump supporter, a governor. Oh, uh, he, so, so that people don't go there. Yeah, exactly. Trying oh, to I thought people... you meant so they can't find it to, to evaluate it. <laughs> no, no, no. They're, they're actually trying to, well, that would be great too, but, uh, right. and, and probably much better for the, the national monuments. The thing is, they're trying to keep uh, attendance down by by not putting up any oh. road signs leading to the national monument because there's a national monument established by Barack Obama, and right. I'm I'm trying to think of I, I can't remember which state it was. I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was like the evaluators, the government evaluators, won't be able to find it if we take down all the road signs. <laughs> know, It'll be protected forever. That, maybe that's a good strategy. Maybe some other, maybe some Democratic governors will uh, take that move or make that move to uh, <laughs> to keep the, uh, the the Trump administration away from the national monument to evaluate it. Hey, they're not very bright. It doesn't take much. Yeah, that's right. It'll be that like that road sign in Jurassic Park where the arrow can point possibly to two different directions, two different roads or something hey, like speaking that. Speaking of not very bright, did you catch the NATO speech this morning? The NATO, oh God, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's exactly what I want to talk about next. And and yeah, I, I swear to God, we are getting to, uh, we are going to get to the CBO report in healthcare, but let's get into that because it's yeah, I didn't hear the whole speech I just saw some of the clips and talk about eye rolls and shade oh my me. god you wouldn't bo- oh did you see the video of like yeah. it was Macron standing there with uh with Angela Merkel and then there were some other European officials Trudeau and then they're all they're staring at each other and they're like face palming yeah and then they're they're rolling eye their rolling, eyes and yeah. giggling to themselves and smirking all while Donald Trump is saying this. These grave security concerns are the same reason that I have been very, very direct. Very, very, very. With Secretary Stoltenberg Stop and me. members of the alliance in saying that NATO members must finally contribute their fair share no. and meet no. their financial no. obligations. But 23 of the 28 member nations no. are still not paying what they should be paying. No, 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 and no, And what no. they're supposed to be paying for their defense. Wrong. This is not fair to the people and taxpayers of the United States. Wrong. Wrong. And many of these nations owe massive amounts of money from past years. No, okay, I'm going to stop him right there. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about this. Maybe I'll talk directly to the president now. Jackie, let's talk to the president. Mm, do I have to? Go ahead. Uh, Biff. <laughs> now, Biff. Now, Biff, don't con me. Biff, here's the thing with NATO. All of the NATO alliance nations uh, are advised that maybe it'd be a good idea to spend 2% of, uh, what is it, 2% of GDP 
mm-hmm. on defense. That's the idea. It's a guideline, mm-hmm. Joey Zay. And that's not payments to any central NATO bank or any central NATO treasurer. These aren't required payments to anyone. No one has to owe anyone anything. NATO, the, the, the NATO pact says, here's what we recommend. Spend 2% of your GDP on national defense and to all the NATO nations. And it's, it's incumbent upon each nation to supply its own defense infrastructure based on their own need and their own preferences and their own budgets. That's all there is. There isn't, Germany doesn't owe NATO anything. Germany doesn't owe the United States anything. Germany or France or any of these nations don't owe money to Trump or any sort of centralized organization. That's not how it works. Trump is a goddamn moron. Mm-hmm. That is... Well- you know, he had a great time in Israel and Saudi Arabia and <laughs> yeah. the Middle East. Yeah, right. You know, right. As, as opposed to Israel and Saudi Arabia being in the Middle East. Yeah, that time he uh, forgot where he was for a few minutes. In that moment, he became president. It, it happened twice. <laughs> he became president in that moment. Uh, no, I mean, it's just like, you know, yeah, it happened twice. Um, he also revealed classified information. That's another story we're going to get to. And he revealed it not only to in, in Israel, but he also revealed it to Duterte yesterday, who's the, <laughs> the despot who runs the Philippines. Jesus and Christ. his own administration is leaking like a sieve. If if you talk about leaking the information about that the UK bombing incident, you know, in the in Manchester, that yep. now the UK is saying it's not going to share any intel with us anymore because they can't keep their mouth shut, and and right. it's coming it's coming from inside the house. I mean, it's this is the Trump administration, so yeah. he knows all the best people uh, who don't know how to keep national security secure. <laughs> And it's because he's he's setting the example. I mean, he just blabs. He just everything that goes in in one ear and out the mouth. I mean, the the translation for Trumpers is this: Donald Trump is a threat to national security. Our 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 intelligence partners are reluctant to share intelligence with him now, and that puts America at risk. Correct. We're not out there alone as the lone cowboys gathering our own intelligence. We do that obviously every every nation, especially the Five Eyes nation, we nations we all we all gather our own stuff, but then we share it with each other, and that makes all of the nations collectively more secure and and safe or safer from terrorism. Donald Trump has threatened that now. But I mean, again, you know, I I can't emphasize this enough. Donald Trump just went before all of NATO and all of the world leaders who are involved in NATO and embarrassed the entire United States by saying something, by, by scolding the other NATO nations for something that is completely untrue. They don't owe Trump or the United States a goddamn thing. Yeah. Did you see the clip too, where he pushed another NATO leader out of the way to get oh, out in front yes, of the crowd? Exactly. That's a good one too. If you haven't seen that one, I, I think I retweeted it, but but that's a good one. He yeah. Literally pushes another NATO. I don't know who the guy is. He pushes, but literally pushes another NATO leader out of the way to get out in front of the the crowd of of leaders gathered. Yeah, and and then what was happening at that point? Were they gathering for like a a group photo or something? And then Trump yeah, I don't wanted know to push to the for. front. No, I don't know what it was for, but there is like really no no end to the uh, the gifts coming out of this guy in the last few days between his wife swatting away his hand <laughs> and then her doing that like stealth like hair behind the ears move to yep. avoid his hand a second time. Oh yeah, now he's 
pushing away a, a fellow world leader in well, order to get out in front of the crowd. I mean, it's he's he's an embarrassment. But, but Jackie, you know. don't you read Politico where Politico said that, oh, you know, Trump has had a pretty good trip. He's had a pretty oh. good trip with no major gaffes. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no. The bar is so low that it's in the ground. Again, yes, again. What does what does he have to do? This is uh, this is not a new refrain for me, but I'm just just repeating what I've been saying for two years, almost two years now. Is what does Donald Trump have to do in order to? Uh, to, to be held accountable, be held responsible for all of these terrible things. He just embarrassed all of the United States in front of the NATO countries. This was like from uh, a life of Brian, Monty Python's life of Brian. This was like the biggest dickus scene in life of Brian. It's just Donald Trump talking about NATO and how they owe everything. And, and then everyone's standing around him snickering to themselves because he's mm-hmm. making an ass of himself mm-hmm. and yeah, embarrassing all and, and embarrassing all the rest of us because they have to go, who is this... Goddamn cartoon character that the American people elect. Elected. Yeah, yeah, and they're saying that in their various languages, but they're going, oh my God, this guy, what is going on with President Biff? Mm-hmm. And everybody who's met him already knows this. And it, it's. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the eye rolling and all of it. Yeah. You that, should go look. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. I mean, yeah. the, the, the video of the. Uh, the fellow NATO, NATO ally leaders during his speech is, is worth it alone. Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, so um, let's see. You know what? This is one of those shows where I actually have commercials. I have to do three commercials today. What? Yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, it's great. I mean, I love all of our sponsors. We're going to be t- talking about Omaha Steaks here in a second. Going to be talking about watches, uh, movement watches here. Um, and it's great. It's great to have, uh, as they say in the business, sold out inventory. That's but great. Uh, but that means I have to do I have to do three three right. Should, commercials. Do we do one now? Yeah, we we'll do it. Let's <laughs> let's do one now. Let's do it. I know we just I know we just talked about Harry's razors, but I have to talk about Omaha steaks because here's the thing with Omaha steaks. I know a lot of a lot of people order online now. A lot of people purchase food online, whether mm-hmm. it's Blue Apron or. Uh, any other service where you just you can order you can actually order food on amazon.com and things like that but here's the thing Omaha Steaks has the most amazing customer service I ordered a uh, Omaha Steaks gift pack for a uh, a colleague at Christmas time a couple of years ago and he had already left for his vacation by the time the Omaha Steaks arrived I screwed up the timing it was all my fault sent it too late and here's here's what happened that Omaha Steaks package ended up sitting in the guy's office for like a week or something like that over the holidays and it arrives back, oh my God, there's rotting steaks here. And I found out that that was the case and I called up Omaha Steaks and said, can you send him another one? And, and, they, and they sent him another Omaha Steaks holiday gift pack to this guy for free. A re- That's com- awesome. Yeah, I mean, all of that stuff, they were sent a replacement and it was my screw up. I, they didn't screw it up. I screwed up the timing. And yet, Omaha Steaks made it right. So, Father's oh, that goes a long way. That's that's that. I love that. I love stories like that. Good customer service. Yep, exactly. And and you want that, especially with Father's Day coming up, because what what do dads like? Dads like steaks. Meat. They, they like to they <laughs> like to grill them. They like to eat them. And there's no better steaks to get, and no better way to get them than with Omaha Steaks. And because you listen to the show, you can save eighty percent on the Omaha Steaks Father's Day package. That's two tender and mild filet mignons, two bold and beefy top sirloins, four crispy chicken fried steaks, four juicy boneless pork chops, four all-beef Omaha steak burgers, four award-winning jumbo franks, 
12 ounces of all beef meatballs, a pound of steak fries. Oh. Uh, Omaha sent me one of these. So uh, much meat. Omaha Steak sent me one of these gift packs, and I've already eaten the pound of steakhouse fries. <laughs> they are gone, I swear to God. Four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, a packet of Omaha Steak seasoning, and what the heck, four extra burgers for free. All of that for the amazing, astounding, stupendous price of forty nine ninety nine. No. Yes, I That's get one steak at a steakhouse. That's right. 80% off the list price. But the only way to get that deal is to enter my code. It's BCS. You want to write this down, too. This is for Omaha Steaks. BCS in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. Omaha Steaks are always the highest quality cuts, aged perfectly to give them that unique Omaha Steaks flavor. Each cut trimmed in hand, uh, trimmed by hand and vacuum sealed. And as you heard, Omaha Steaks doesn't just do beef. They have bison, pork, veal, lamb, poultry, seafood, and vegetables too. All of it with that same Omaha Steaks quality. But for a limited time, that Father's Day package is just $49.99. So get, it, get right on it now. Order today. Just enter the letters BCS. Again, BCS in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. Shove Bob Seska into your pants and haul him around with you wherever you go. Omaha. Subscribe to the Bob Seska Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Thank you, Buzz. And uh, if you want to buy your dad something from uh, Amazon.com, make sure to go to uh, Amazon.com through our link, through our Amazon link. It's at BobSeska.com. Just beneath the logo, all capital letters, it says Amazon link. Takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com. You can go shopping for dad and yourself if you want to. You can do it right now while you're listening to the show. And we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. All right, so uh, moving along here. In our, in our full commercial day, yes, we've got Jackie Schechner, healthcare expert, right here today to talk about the uh, the CBO report, which is... Just want to make sure we get to it before we run out of time, because oh, there's so much news. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's certainly, I think we're going to spend the, probably end up spending the rest of the show on that, If if and if so, if we run out of time, we'll just bump everything over to uh, to the, the post-mortem show, okay? I like it. Okay. I love it. Okay, so um, the CBO's verdict on the latest version of Trump Care is here. Yes. And it is, uh, from <laughs> from what I have seen, Jackie, yes. it makes that celebration in the Rose Garden look even more evil and sinister and heartless and terrible than we actually observed when it happened. 23 million people uninsured. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 23 million people uninsured. Poor people suffering. Yeah. Old people paying more. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's really it's really it's really not worth celebrating at all. This is going to be very very bad for a lot of people. What are what are some of the broad strokes, Jackie? We've got uh, as you said, twenty three million people, uh, as opposed to twenty five million, and the Republicans are saying that that's <laughs> that's great. Paul Ryan uh, tweeted this: "Verified in all capital letters." This is Paul Ryan. MacArthur Amendment strengthens AHCA, protects people with pre existing conditions. So basically, mm-hmm. what he's saying is because. Only 23 million are kicked off their insurance rather than 25 million, or what is it, 24 million. Mm-hmm. Um, this means it strengthens the AHCA. No. In MacArthur. <laughs> this, no. Is a, this is a strengthening because fewer people are kicked off in this version no. than in the previous version. Yeah, I mean, look, we knew this was going to be terrible, right? Yeah. I mean, all of the, the conversation about waiting for the CBO report, they didn't wait before they, they voted on it, which yeah. is the first oh my God moment. 
Uh, and then we knew this was coming out and we knew it was going to be terrible. I think for the Republicans, the one thing they wanted to make sure is that it had the savings it needed to in order to go through the Senate reconciliation process, right? The idea is they want to be able to pass whatever they pass with 50 vote, 51 votes as opposed yeah. to having to get 60 votes. So the idea was, did it, did it hit the $2 billion savings mark uh, and did it meet it in the way it needed to in order to make the Senate reconciliation process possible. Yeah. Now, it doesn't look like the Senate's going to do anything, hopefully, anything close to what the House did, but that's procedurally why they held on to it before they sent it to the Senate, because there right. was a chance that they would have to redo this if they didn't meet that savings mark. They did, but they made it at the cost of stripping people of health care and access to health care. Yeah. And it's cruel. It's it's. It's Demonic. in fact, it's the opposite of what Donald Trump has promised, which. Yeah, it's what, abusive. I mean, it's it's terrible. And it and it raises the cost of health care for millions and millions of people. It makes it completely financially inaccessible yeah. or inaccessible. Um, and it's I mean, I, I, I can't even begin to describe how cruel and dangerous the American Health Care Act is. Oh, yeah, yeah. What we're talking about here is a, uh, a hike in premiums by 20% by 2018 alone. That's 20% more than the hikes that we would expect from the Affordable Care Act alone. Yeah. That's, that's, 20, that's whatever the, the premium increases on the Affordable Care Act plus an additional 20% because of Trump care on top right. of all of that. And then another 5% increase the following year in 2019. That's right. part of the assessment. In states receiving the waivers, now the waivers are about waiving uh, coverage essential for health benefits. essential health benefits and, and coverage for pre-existing conditions. Many and Americans, also community rating, right? Com yeah, so the community you, rating. Right. So the community rating basically says that they can't, insurance companies can't charge sick people more than healthy people. Yep. That everybody has to, it has to be the same rate for everybody. They can't, they can't turn around and say, okay, here's your medical status and we're charging you more because of it. Mm -hmm. If the states opt out of that, then sick people have to pay more than healthy people, which essentially says if you have a pre-existing condition, you can be priced out of access to health care. Yep. That, that's the bottom line, right? Like you can turn around and say, okay, everybody with pre-existing conditions is, can't be denied coverage. Well, it doesn't matter if you can or can't be denied. If it's so exorbitant, if it's so cost prohibitive that nobody can afford it, it doesn't matter that you're not being denied. You can't afford it, so it, you might as well just deny it. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Exactly, yeah, because if you can't afford it, then what you're doing is you're going into bankruptcy based on, on medical bills alone. It's medical right. bankruptcies. We're back at that again, which is why I tend to believe that Trump care is just more of a simple, Obamacare repeal than anything else. I mean, it basically sends us back to a, 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 a state of uh, condition or a state or condition of our healthcare system that more closely resembles what it looked like in 2008 versus what it looked like in 2009, 2010, and so on as, as the Affordable Care Act rolled out. But here's right, one of the... Well, things. it was before the ACA got, got passed. Yeah. Ex exactly, exactly right. So uh, in those states, in those opt-out states, uh, Americans would be faced with, and this is ex an exact quote from the CBO report, quote, substantial in increases in out-of-pocket spending on health care as we're talking about deductibles and things like that um yeah, <laughs> that's that's all going up as if that wasn't bad enough a residence uh, in the in those waiver states uh waiving the essential health benefits could see their coverage capped and blocked by uh, lifetime and annual coverage limits so those come back the lifetime limits so so in other words 
once you use up your insurance for that year or for you're your lifetime, life. you're screwed. You're totally screwed. No more health care. No it more. It doesn't come back. It doesn't right. reset at the beginning of the following year. Like it, once you get, God forbid, you get cancer, right? Yeah, and you yeah. go for treatment, chemotherapy, whatever it is. As soon as you hit that cap, every medical expense comes out of your pocket from here on out for the rest of your life. Yep, exactly. And, there and, is no insurance anymore. Right, exactly. And don't forget the fact that Trump promised this. He said, quote, and this was during his Rose Garden speech when they're all high-fiving each other over Trump care passing in the House. He said this, quote, premiums will be coming down, deductibles will be coming down. Well, that's, that's not the case. That's not what the CBO said. Deductibles are going to go up, premiums are going to go up. And so basically Trump with another pants on fire lie about healthcare. Well, the other thing too about premiums, people need to understand this too, mm-hmm. is like, you know, the, the GOP will say, well, you know, premiums will go down over time. Yeah. Well, yeah, premiums will go down over time if you're selling people crap insurance. <laughs> exactly. Like the only way that premiums are going to come down, the amount of money you pay for your health insurance is going to come down is if your health insurance covers less and less. Precisely. It's a very basic concept. The yeah. insurance companies don't want to give you more for less money. They're not competing for sick people like the insurance companies don't want to cover more people with more medical problems right. they're trying to get only really healthy people uh and not have to cover much like it, that's the business model because yeah. they're trying to make money for shareholders this is not a complicated concept that people need to understand so your premiums aren't going to come down because all of a sudden the insurance companies decide they want to do good the insurance company premiums will come down when they're legally uh allowed to offer you crap insurance again. <laughs> exactly which is why this this statement from donald trump is so contradictory he's talking about premiums coming down and deductibles coming down the problem is that in those plans where the premiums are lower the deductibles are going to be way skyrocket. Yeah. yeah absolutely meanwhile uh according to uh sarah cliff from vox mm-hmm. she looked at the numbers and said that for uh, lower income elderly americans uh, many of whom, as we know, support Donald Trump, yes. would see their premiums rise by as much as 800%. Eight, yeah. And I just repeat that again, just so we're clear. 800% increase in premiums for those people. Well, the other thing, too, is we have these subsidies in place now that are based on a sliding scale based on your income. Yeah. right? So you get help paying your premium. So even though premiums continue to rise, A, they're rising at a slower rate than they ever had before. And you get help paying your premiums if you buy your plan on the individual market through the Affordable Care Act exchanges, right? right? That, that's why it, it pays to buy through the exchange if you fall within the income bracket that you can get a subsidy and help paying for your premiums. Yeah. That money goes away, and the money in the American Health Care Act is a set amount of money based on your age. I think the most it goes up to is something like $4,000, $4,800, whatever it happens to be, right? It's less than $5,000. Yeah. Well, if your premium is $13,000, four grand isn't going to help. And the way it is right. now, the subsidies are generous enough that it helps offset the cost of those premiums. The American Health Care Act doesn't do that. Yeah. So the premiums do go up by 800% because that's the amount of money that people have to pay without the cost-sharing provisions that are in the Affordable Care Act without the subsidies people get through buying through the marketplace. I mean, the Affordable Care Act is a lot of good things combined that help people afford access to health care. Exactly. Period. That yeah. all goes away. And, and you know, one of the things that Trump and the Republicans don't mention when they talk about the premiums uh, going up in places like Phoenix and so on, the, the thing is, is that... <laughs> There's still subsidies to help people, even right. in those places where the premiums did go through the roof. And 
Meanwhile, what they're doing is they're sabotaging the whole system. Wasn't there a story this week where they're talking about uh, uh, delaying payments to uh, payments on the subsidies or reducing the amount of subsidies? Is that what is that what yeah, I saw? There's, well, there's a couple of things. There's yeah. there's um, a lot of insecurity in the market right now because the insurance industry doesn't know what the Trump administration is going to do. Yeah. So they're not clear on what their next steps are going to be. And in order to compensate for that, they're asking for premium increases in double digits, whereas they wouldn't be that high if there were stability in the market. The other thing is there are provisions in the Affordable Care Act where insurance companies' losses are offset for the first few years of instability. And those payments are being held hostage, essentially, by the Trump administration. They haven't yeah. decided yet whether or not they're going to offer those. And so the insurance companies, again, in an effort to placate their shareholders and to keep profits stable and or increasing, are asking for rate increases uh, in order to to compensate for the instability in the market that the Trump administration is causing. Exactly. So it, it, it really is all on the instability and insecurity being uh, exacerbated right now by the Trump administration because they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, and and literally, uh, Trump Care is going to completely destabilize the insurance market for one sixth of the population by 2020. That was part. That was part of the CBO report. Insurance coverage for one sixth of all Americans could become unstable by 2020. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not a basic consumer good, and that's yeah. what that's what Trump and his friends don't seem to understand. It's you don't open up the markets and everybody competes, and then you get the best deal. That's not how health insurance works. <laughs> right? Yeah, they don't understand though. They they or they do, and yet they're misrepresenting it. That's yeah. the, that's the the uh, dividing line. They're doing one of two things: either right. they don't understand it, or they do understand it, and then they're deliberately lying about it to people who also don't understand it. Right, and that's right. The, that's the problem with all of this, Jackie. And I'm sure you, God, uh, you of all people would know that uh, that the the complicated nature of healthcare works to the advantage of the Republicans on this. Well, of course, because yeah. it's hard to explain, it's hard to understand, and nobody nobody knows how it works until they're in the system, right? Like. Everybody loves their health insurance until they need to use it. Meanwhile, Mitch McConnell is concerned. Mitch McConnell has, <laughs> has concerns. He said here to, uh, yeah, to uh, Reuters, he said, I don't know where we get to 50, 50 votes at the moment, but that's the goal. So he's a little worried that, <laughs> that it's going to be... It's about, uh, it's about votes. Yeah, exactly. It's, about, it's not about people's lives nope. or health or uh, caring for our, our, our fellow citizens or any of that stuff. It's just about, I don't know how we get to the vote. Yeah. And one thing, I, I remember reading this about uh, Mitch McConnell. Rick Wilson mentioned uh, on Twitter oh, about new, McConnell. Our new best friend, Rick. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, he mentioned, uh, he did, just uh, uh, just coincidentally mentioning Rick Wilson again, that he did mention that uh, Mitch McConnell doesn't respond to screaming or protests or any sort of... Uh, uh, little tactics by the Democrats to uh, raise a stink yeah, on the floor, whether it's on the floor of the Senate or with some sort of procedure. Mitch McConnell just plows forward <laughs> with whatever he wants to do. So I hope the Democrats have uh, have their strategy in order on the Senate side because it's really going to come uh, entirely down to them. And yeah. it just it seems like we're so close to <laughs> operating without a net on all of this. But God. You know what we have to do? We have to do another commercial. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, just, just the way it is. But we, we, because three commercials, that means we, we have new commercial music for the third and final commercial of the show today. Mm-hmm. 
I like this 70s thing we got going here. It's kind this of groovy. Is, you know what this, all of this is? What all is of it? my commercial music is from the Price is Right soundtrack. Nah, there, there's a Price is Right soundtrack? I, I don't know if it's a legitimate soundtrack that was marketed this way, but I, I have a collection of all the music from the Price is Right. That's, I a, love, that's a Father's Day gift. I am a nerd! Nerd! <laughs> but you know what? At least uh, as a nerd, I've got a great looking watch. From uh, from movement watches, MV MVMT for movement. It's the Calypso watch. It's got a great uh, uh, bronze casing. It's got a black uh, silicon uh, strap and, and wristband. And it, this is the the finest watch I've ever owned. It's an amazing. <laughs> I just love this watch. I wear it whenever I can, uh, especially when I'm going out. But it's a familiar story about watches. It's it's about a company that began much the same way as this show. Uh, but it's a story about a couple of college students, a lot like Harry's Razors, in fact, who wanted the kind of stylish watches they were seeing on others. But like a lot of college kids, they were broke. Nothing that stylish with any quality was affordable. Little research showed them that quality and fashion don't have to be expensive if you cut out the middleman and sell directly to you online. So little by little, they started their own watch company in much the way, same way we started this show. They even came up with a name that's high fashion, MVMT for movement. People ask you about your movement watch all the time. I get questions all the time about mine. It's classic design, minimalist style, and quality construction. And uh, these are watches that you would sell in a department store for 400 500 bucks. But Movement makes them yours starting at just $95 with free shipping and free returns. That's why Movement is one of the world's finest grow- or fastest-growing watch companies and one of the finest, with now over a million sold in over 160 countries around the world. And because you listen to this program, you get another 15% off that already amazing price. Just go to mvmtwatches.com slash Bob and Chez. That's just one word, Bob and Chez. Be like us. Join the movement. MVMTwatches.com slash Bob and Chez. Go do it now. Bob Seska. Memorial Day weekend. This is the Bob Seska Show. Presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, that is it. We're at notify the affiliates. We're going going along today. Yep, this weekend is your cars. Yeah, well, that's the official kickoff of summer this weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, that's right. I can wear I can wear white now, right? Yeah, it's because it's Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. (laughs) I love my stupid jingles. Okay, uh, we got a couple minutes here left with uh, with Jackie Schechner before I go on vacation. There will be an after party tomorrow, though. Uh, Kimberly Johnson okay. on the after party tomorrow, uh, and then you guys should do like after party vacation theme, like wear yeah. lays and Hawaiian shirts, and she can put on a bikini now that she shaved her legs with <laughs> Harry's razor. Well, see how I bring that back around. See, then we don't get any work done if that's the case. Oh. But, but the, the, mm. what we'll end up doing vacation themed tomorrow is just me complaining about how much I need a vacation. <laughs> you sound fun <laughs> that's usually how that works all right so uh moving along here in the, in the couple remaining minutes we have in the show today stupid watergate let's talk about stupid stupid watergate this is uh obviously we're talking about trump russia mm. uh maybe the, the the biggest political scandal in in u.s presidential history nothing to see here folks uh, nothing to see here orchestrated by the dumbest people in american political presidential history um so First of all, we had this story from New York Times. Russian officials discussed how to best influence voters via Trump's advisors. This is basically more uh, of, of using Paul Manafort and Mike Flynn 
to directly influence Donald Trump. I have this weird theory, Jackie, hmm. that, that and this is just a theory. This is just me speculating in terms of how this might have all operated. This is not a fucking conspiracy theory. I know I'm not supposed to curse on the show today, but this is not a conspiracy theory. This is just me wondering, maybe this is how it worked, okay? So, we have all of these players who we, we believe, and there's reporting to this extent, and obviously investigations looking into the, uh, the full nature of what's going on. We have a lot of Trump people with links to Russia. Now, I'm wondering if it's possible that they were each approached individually and they're each individually compromised where each member of Team Trump doesn't know that the others have been compromised. Well, until until recently, they, they didn't know when it was all going on during the campaign and maybe even during the uh, the transition a little bit oh, where interesting where maybe the compromised nature of these Trump people were each individual. So what I'm talking about is, say, there are let's say for the sake of argument, there are Russian intelligence handlers who are linked and, and oligarchs who are linked to each member of Trump's inner circle. So there's Trump, Manafort, Page, Flynn. On, on down the line, Jeff Sessions, Jared Kushner, all these people with the Russia connections, but they don't know that the others are compromised. And so they're all behaving individually to influence, you know, A, B and C. I never thought about Russia. that. I would just always assume that they were talking to each other. But yeah, such distrust and suspicion amongst that crew in general it's entirely possible well this gives them plausible deniability to be able to say well i don't know anything about mike flynn or paul manafort but the, the, you know i you know i I, th I think what that allows them to do is to deny that any like trump for example is constantly denying that none of my staff not no one no and there's yeah. no no collusion none of it and 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 maybe he's able to plausible deniability get away yeah. yeah exactly to get away with it because he doesn't know that they've been compromised, but he knows that he's been compromised. He certainly knows that he's been compromised or Mike Flynn knows that he's been compromised, but he does. Mike Flynn doesn't know that Manafort's been compromised or yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's, I mean, it's possible. I just, I think at that's this way, point, I'm way out on a limb with that. I fully admit I'm not married to it or anything. This is something I'm throwing out there. No, I, I mean, I think it's possible. It, I mean, anything's possible at this point. It just seems to me, I mean, the, the interesting uh, assessment I've seen from some of the, the experts on on some of the cable news shows is that when Russians cultivate these sources, they do so over a long period of time. Yes. And it just seems that if there's been such a heavy Russian investment in Trump and Trump properties because American banks won't lend to him anymore, mm -hmm. that this is something that has been growing. Yeah. And he owes, I think, he owes so much money. Mm -hmm. And I think that he is so under control uh, based on the amount of money that he owes. Yeah. Um, that this was an easy choice for him because he's not – Trump isn't somebody who cares about America. He's not a patriot. He's not a giver. This is not a man who spent his <laughs> really? entire life caring about anything but himself and money, right? Exactly. So, yep. you know, when, when the choice comes to protect himself and his family because he's so in debt to Russian oligarchs and, and Vladimir Putin and mm -hmm. the man, men that he surrounds himself with, that selling out on that behalf – uh, was not a difficult choice for him. I don't think there's an ounce of patriotism in his body. It also makes sense why he's so easy, easily um, 
it, it's so easy for him to offend our allies. Yeah. It's so easy for him to to uh, to do things that are insulting and offensive because I don't think he's working on behalf of us at all. No, right? no. And I don't think surrounding himself with all of these people who also are potentially compromised by Russia was an accident. There's there's no way. Right, right. And I think a lot of, uh, God, it, it was so fascinating to watch John Brennan because a lot of what we're talking about here with regard to stupid Watergate, which is John Oliver's thing, uh, by the way, uh, was described in detail. A lot of the, the process that was used was described in I wouldn't say super detail, but at least in in ways that circumvented uh, the National Security Act. John Brennan basically outlined how Russia compromised the, the Trump people, uh, but without saying that it was the Trump people. Like, for example, John Brennan, and this is, God, this is a major news story that happened this week that got completely snowed over by other events. But John Brennan's testimony was groundbreaking. He's the former head of the CIA. And so he's testifying in Congress, and he talks about how Russia likes to mm, identify rising stars in politics and start uh, communicating with them. And then before they know it, they've been compromised, and then they discover they've been compromised after it's too late. And that, I think, is the case uh, with some of Trump's people. I do think that Trump himself has been doing lots of business with Russian oligarchs. I think there's money laundering going on there. And I do believe that Kevin McCarthy's inadvertent statement uh what was it last week who god only knows <laughs> i'm losing track of everything might have been i think it was last week that we heard about kevin mccarthy's thing where he said uh, he said in that uh recording that putin pays trump i think what we're eventually going to discover and this is something that I, I am a little bit more serious about in terms of speculation mm-hmm. that donald that that vladimir putin or there is russian oligarch money that was spent on donald trump's campaign yeah if we if we look at some of the latest financial reports, some of the speculation about Donald Trump's actual net worth, there are reports coming out this week showing Donald Trump's net worth at closer to $250 million, nowhere near the billions and billions of dollars that he claims. Now, if he really is only worth $250 million, spending however much money, I think it was something like $70 million of his own money, <laughs> that's unheard of. If his well, it also took him a really long time to get to the point where he was willing to call it uh, a loan. Yeah, exactly. Remember, like that was that was a lot of hemming and hawing, where it was like he's going to use donor money because remember he couldn't. There was a point where they couldn't generate any more uh, contributions because people were not convinced he wasn't going to send it on paying himself back. Right. So he had to officially come out and say that it was going to be a loan and he was going to forgive that money. Yeah. But that took him a while. That wasn't like an instantaneous thing. That was oh, a yeah. lot of hemming and hawing. So if if you're worth as much money as you claim you are, you're absolutely right. Like that's that that's that's not an easy lift uh, yeah. for somebody who's a little more strapped than he says he is. I just think this was a uh, this is a project by the Russians that goes back years and years and years. Yeah. Certainly back before Donald Trump was talking about the birth certificate, and uh, God, and, and it was just one of those things where I think the Russians identified Trump, and it wasn't just Putin. Obviously, Putin has advisors, and Putin has people in the intelligence community who all come up with ideas in terms of how to execute these ops. And in this case, it was uh, we've got this guy Donald. Donald Trump, let's see if we put some investment in this guy and see what happens, see what comes out the other end, because we've got, you know, he's got he's got to willingly go along with it because we have all this compromise on him. And mm-hmm. so uh, and so that was that was the plan. And so we're right. going to, you know, we're going to do a deal with Trump 
and and of course Trump uh, will do a deal with anyone who he thinks is there is his friend, you know, right. because he's like, you know, he's, he's so desperate to be liked. Yes, and it's so it's so sad and pathetic. I mean, you know, and he, he's so disliked. That's that's the irony of it, right? This is a yeah. man who's like chasing love and adoration, and he's <laughs> despised. That's right. He thinks like, for example, uh, Duterte in the Philippines is his pal. And so he's been talking to Duterte a lot. And in fact, he told Duterte that we have two submarines in Korean waters. He's just bragging about his subs again. It's like, we got, we got very, very fantastic subs, and they're right there in North Korea. And, and he's just desperately, I'm telling this to my friend Duterte. My well, very, that's how the intel very, very, came very out to the Russians in the Oval Office. He's exactly. spouting and bragging. Yes, yes, because again... He's really impressed with anyone who likes him. I, I think he's sometimes a little shocked. He's shocked when he, <laughs> he's like, oh my God, these people, these Russians actually like me. I guess, uh, and of course they're pretending to like him because oh, everyone- totally ev- being used. It's embarrassing. Yes, every politician from the school board level on up to the premier or the, the president of Russia or the, uh, the premier, I'm, I'm thinking Soviet terms. The, the president of Russia, the prime minister of Russia, and the entire Ru- Russian intelligence community knows that if you pretend to like Donald Trump, Donald Trump will do things for you. Correct. Right? He's that he's that kid on the playground that when the football get kicked gets kicked into the pricker bushes, he'll be the kid to go into the pricker bushes as long as everyone <laughs> everyone he's says cool, yeah. yeah everyone thinks he's cool and is his friend. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go to the pricker bushes. As long as you get some very, very delicious chocolate cake afterwards. <laughs> chocolate cake. Go into the pricker bushes, get the football, have delicious chocolate cake. It's beautiful. Okay. Yes, uh, I'm on vacation next week. No shows next week at all. I'm sorry. This is when something big and horrible is going to happen. I know Probably. It. Jesus, please, just... I, I need to inform all world leaders that I'm on vacation next week. So don't do anything crazy. Do you have the Stephanie Miller curse? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and goes away it, and then big news breaks. Yeah, the difference is, is that Stephanie can resist the urge to come back to work to cover. <laughs> I, of course, have to. I'm like, oh, God, I got to say something about this now. I don't care if I'm uh, on vacation. All right, uh, you can catch uh, more of Jackie Schechner at JackieSchechner.com. How can people follow you on social media, Jackie? At Jackie Schechner, Jackie Schechner TV on Facebook. Um, I suppose you could come over if you wanted to. (laughs) All right, I'll be there. I'm not much of a cook. (laughs) I'll bring some Omaha steaks. There you go. And my very, very fine movement watch. And uh, we can have be... a, a Harry's Razor shaving party. Exactly. There you go. Woo-hoo! All right. That's my vacation. I've got it all set up. That's my vacation. Uh, have a great week, folks. Uh, one more after party tomorrow before uh, we take a break. Uh, Kimberly Johnson will be in, as always. Sign up at patreon.com slash Bob and Chaz. $5 level gets you all that good stuff. Or $10, too. Well, you could try $15. Yeah, $15. I prefer $15. A million dollars. <laughs> Post-mortem show is next. Stay tuned. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.